Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. Who's enjoying this time together? Uh, It is so good for us to come and take this time as a church and as a community. And again, a huge welcome if this is your first time or if you're joining us just with family and this is all very new to you, uh, we just want to welcome you and I hope that you are getting the most out of this service. We as a community know the importance of this season. Um, It's really important that we don't just let another year go by. It can be so easy to uh, see all the things around us that point to Christ but not see Christ in the midst of the chaos and busyness of this season. And so my hope is that similar to these verses that we've been singing, aren't they amazing, the Christmas carols and just all the verses when you actually reflect on what we're actually singing? But my my hope is that all of us would leave here with a purpose and a plan to make room for him. That in this season ahead, we would actually take time to reflect both here today and in the coming days and weeks into the new year, what it meant for Jesus to come for us. And that we would see him, not just the things about him, but that we would see him. There's an amazing prophecy that the prophet Isaiah had 700-odd years before the coming of Jesus in the midst of turmoil where the entire nation is under darkness because of the Assyrian Empire had invaded Israel. The prophet comes with a word, and it was a word to bring them hope in their midst of their now, but it was really a word pointing towards the future Messiah coming, and it's found in the book of Isaiah in chapter 9 and verse 2. And I'm going to read this through for us, and then we're going to reflect on it a little bit, and then we'll sing some more. Sound good? Yes, that's good. That's wonderful. I think it sounds good. You may disagree, but that's okay. I have the microphone. So, the people walking in darkness has seen a great light. A light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness. You have enlarged the nation and increased its joy. The people have rejoiced before you as they rejoice at harvest time, as they rejoice when dividing spoils. For you have shattered the oppressive yoke and the rod on their shoulders, the staff of the oppressor, just as you did on the day of Midian. For every trampling boot of battle and the bloodied garment of war will be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child will be born for us. A son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named, why don't we all say this together, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The dominion will be vast. Its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness From now on and forever, the zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. Let's pray. Lord, today we see you like light coming into our darkness. I pray that you would illuminate our minds and our hearts to the reality of what you have done, what you are doing, and indeed what you will do. May we redeem this time. May we not let this season just pass us as another year gone, 
but let us be pulled back into the story of your kingdom come. Back into the reality of a king coming to us. That we would see Jesus. We love you, Lord. Amen. And so it says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness. And this prophecy from Isaiah is spoken again, of a future promise of rescue. And he's so confident in this that he speaks of a future promise in a present tense. He doesn't say a son is coming. He says he's come. He doesn't say our light is coming. He says the light has dawned. And in this season, we have to constantly pull us into this, this, this way of God dealing with time in the reality that what he has done, he is doing and will do. And that we don't only look forward to this hope as like, I hope one day, but no, we're pulled into the reality of what Christ has done and who he is. The coming of the Messiah was a light to people in the darkness. It is a light to our present darkness. And it is a light we may look forward to at the end of history. Now, of all the Gospels, the Gospel of Luke and John really draw on this imagery of light. So John, when he's describing how the king came, how Jesus came, he really retells the Genesis story of creation. And he speaks of the power of light and that Jesus was coming as light. In verse 9 of chapter 1, it says, The true light who gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Christ is bringing light into our darkness, into our chaos and calamity, fixing our connections with God, healing our lives and relationships. And guiding us back to our purpose as his people. In the, the Gospel of Matthew, he shares the story, not of the three shepherds or the, the shepherds, how many there were, who had this divine encounter with an angel, but rather these pagan astrologers, men from the east, who did not have a visit from an angel. They saw a star and they recognized it for what it was. They saw the light, as it were, and realized that the King, the Messiah, had come. In Matthew 2 verse 1, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived unexpectedly in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born the King of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. As the light of the world entering into our darkness, Jesus has revealed truth. Over this weekend and the next, and as we gather to worship and sing praise and reflect on his birth, it's a time not just to see the things that point to Jesus, but to truly see him. To recognize what he's coming means for the whole world. When you drive down the road... And you see people that have spent way too much money on lights on their houses. It's a wonderful sight, isn't it? And we can drive past these things and see the lights and not see the light. And I encourage you, God is far more practical than you think. He's far more in the here and now than we realize. You can set up a tree every year and fight about what ornaments are meant to go where. For the first year ever, we relinquished and allowed our children to use tinsel. 
There was much weeping and gnashing of my teeth. And you can do all these things and still miss him. But we alternatively can do these things and see him. And allow these things that have just become normal, common practice to pull us back into the reality of who he is and what he's done. Let this season be the time we truly see him and recognize what he's coming has meant for us. It goes on in verse 3 to 5 in Isaiah and it talks through all the things that, that Christ has done. And Zach, I might just get you to put that version of the message translation up here, but I won't read it, but you can read it as I'm talking. And I encourage us in this season, let's illuminate our minds with the brilliance of what he's accomplished. Let's sing and proclaim to ourselves and indeed the world and community around us so that we can turn like turning on a light in a dark room, what he's currently achieving and what he ultimately fulfill one day for us. Today may the enlightenment and the message of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, fill our minds and hearts with hope. For in Christ, our despair transforms into joy. In Christ, there is liberation from suffering. In Christ, we will witness triumph over oppression and violence. There is so much violence around us. Jesus warned us that those that live by the sword will die by the sword. We have a perpetual thing happening in our society of violence being the way to resolve things, and it's just not the way. And when we look to him, we can be drawn into the truth and in our carols, I mean, we're about to sing the next one, O Holy Night. There's this beautiful line. It says, Christ is the Lord. When we sing that, we don't realize what we're singing, both to ourselves and the world around us, that Jesus is the true king, that his way is the true way. Let's get pulled back into that together. I'm sorry, I'm probably a bit passionate for today. I'll just dial it down. I'm joking. That was rude of me. That's called fishing for energy. <laughs> Jesus is alive, people. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Through the person of Jesus, light has pierced our darkness and hope has dawned upon our world. For a child has come to us, given to us by the Father, giving himself as the Son. And his name... Who he is, what he has done and what he is doing is the wonderful counsellor, the true and wise king, bringing his kingdom ways. If when, when we allow him to rule and one day he will truly rule, it will bring joy to all nations. In him we discover how to find true unity, freedom from injustice and the resolution of conflict. He is our mighty God. No matter how pervasive and seemingly unchanging the darkness and oppression may be, it pales in comparison to him and his will and purpose. God has granted us free will. Does anyone ever think that was not a great idea? But anyway, allowing us to choose whether we'll follow him or not. 
And as a result, we temporarily live in a world that falls short of the ideal state. However, rest assured, he remains in charge. A reality that we speak to the darkness every day when you pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. He is the everlasting father. Our king is not a distant or impassive force. As the perfect reflection of his father, he is overflowing with unimaginable love, care, concern for each one of us. The depth of his love is beyond comprehension. When you think you've just started to get a glimpse of his love for us, you're not even started. Our Lord Jesus, like his father, is perpetually kind, endlessly merciful, abundantly gracious. You can approach him. You can reach out to him. You can connect with him. And if you don't know how, I'll make it real simple for you. In the morning, settle yourself and say, Lord Jesus, I want to know you more. And begin a conversation. He can be grasped, felt, connected with. And finally, he's the prince of peace. In John 14, 27, Jesus said, peace I leave you. My peace I give to you. You know, this peace can be discovered when we quiet our minds and patiently await his presence. And so, right now, why don't you do that? Just close your eyes. We sometimes want the peace of God, but our prayer lives reflect the anxiety in our heart. We come with a list. We come with our fears. Why don't you just come with nothing? Just still your mind. Let his peace fill you. As the Prince of Peace, he is an administrator of peace, reconciling us not only with God, but also with yourself and with each other. In Jesus, we are provided with a pathway to peace by embracing love, sacrifice, and forgiveness. We can follow the path of peace so that we may ultimately experience the profound peace promised. There's a lot of chaos in this world. There's a lot of things that seem beyond our help. But, you know, you can bring peace into your family. You can bring peace into your workplace. You can bring peace into your own life. I know what it feels like to be completely disorientated in yourself with anxiety and fear, but I also know the power of peace when I follow the pathway. Normally looks like forgiveness. Normally looks like sacrifice. 
It normally looks like how Jesus modelled it. In the days leading up to Christmas, we have a multitude of thoughts and priorities on our minds. The work and responsibilities we need to complete. Don't we love our employers, how they seem to find more work for us just before the end of the year? I talk to a few guys and girls here and I'm like, oh, you're wrapping up for the year? No, it's getting busier. That's a problem. If we want to practice peace, we, we need to find a way through the storm to actually make sure we don't miss these moments. The longing for a well-deserved break. For you kids, I'm sure it's often the excitement of gift-giving and receiving. For many, it will be the anticipation of quality time with family. For some, it will be the apprehension of quality time with family. Amongst all of our thoughts, our concerns, all of the signs and symbolism of Christmas, what we are seeing, we need to be careful to align our eyes back to Him. Amidst all of our worldly concerns, the practices that we have as Christians serve us to help reorientate our focus on to Jesus. So today and next weekend, And every day leading up, I want you to worship God. Put carols on. Not Mariah Carey. Well, you can. But some of the carols we've sung here and reflect on the lyrics. As I've said to our church here, uh, as a family, we've been practicing Advent. We've been lighting a candle each night and really bringing us into this moment. And our lives are busy too, but we have to find space and room. For him. Today, today, next weekend, I encourage you all back as we worship through our carols, we can effectively center our thoughts and anticipation on the true essence of Christ's coming. So that we can contemplate not only on the historical significance of his birth, but also on the ongoing present reality that Christ is Lord. And the hopeful promise of his coming again. He is Lord. Sometimes we've got to tell our minds that. I know many of you here, I've walked with you and talked to you about some of the things you've faced as individuals and families. And if I can give you one piece of pastoral advice, whatever you're facing right now, say Christ is Lord. Christ is Lord. But this is a mess. Christ is Lord. I'm dealing with a terminal illness. Christ is Lord. My family is chaotic. Christ is Lord. What we declare out of faith stirs in us and brings in us the reality of what Jesus has done, is doing, and will do. So I want us to pray finally as we come around a time to worship. Is that okay? Okay, so I want you to, if you don't mind, by the way, you don't have to do this. If you, if you feel like me getting you to close your eyes, you're not sure what someone else is going to do. And if you can't trust your partner next to you, that's fine. I totally understand. But for most of us, I want you to close your eyes.
try as much as you can to center your mind around these thoughts. What has been taking up your mind in this season? And you don't all have to be good Christians and say, Jesus, honestly, what's, what's been bugging you? What's been worrying you? What's been exciting you? Have you got that thing in your mind? Give me, give me a wave if you've got something. You're all so sheepish with your waves. Thank you, Nate. That was far more proud up in the air. Honestly, in fact, once you've got something, just leave your hand up for me because I want everyone to participate. It could be a work situation. It could be a family situation. But what's been at the center of your mind right now? It's like one of the first things you wake up with. It's one of the last things you think about before you go to bed. Cool. All right. Now, I want you to see beyond that thing. Almost like this light shining behind it. I want you to see Jesus. I want you to see his smile, his eyes, his immense kindness for us. And just hold that image for a bit. And now tell him, in your own words, expressed in the way you would say it, that, Lord, you are king. Lord, I want to be closer to you. Maybe you're feeling distant from him. Say, Lord, I want to come closer again. Lord, I want to worship you. going to stand that image of him firmly back in the center of our thoughts we're going to worship together sound good let's worship the king amen stand with us let's worship thanks for listening to today's message if you have any prayer needs email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online